Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Joko. I'm here with my co-host, Adam, and we are back for season three after a long but much-needed break. So we are back with new episodes and a couple of changes to how we're going to run Joko. I'm going to walk you through those changes first, and then we're going to get into our first topic of the day. We're going to talk about long-distance relationships today. So, like I said, before we get into the episode, I'm going to talk about a couple of changes that we have with Joko, uh, starting with monthly episodes. So, instead of uh, doing ad hoc episodes or trying to stay on like a two-week rhythm, we're going to give you longer episodes that we'll be releasing on a monthly basis now. We're going to try to make the topics meatier, give you more content, and give you all the things that you love about Joko. Uh, the other things that we have implemented are two new segments. Um, we're going to have a corner called Devil's Advocate, where depending on the topic of the day, one of us is going to be a pro and the other person is going to be a con, and we're going to debate on the topic. It may be that we take a position that we normally would not take, but we're hoping that this will kind of get the juices flowing, help us all get some uh, thoughts on the table before we jump into the topic of the day. The other segment that we'll be introducing will be our listener letters. So this is where you guys will have an opportunity to join us in the episodes. Before we uh, start scripting for the episode and start preparing for it, we're going to make some posts on our Instagram page asking you to join in the discussion. So you can send us an email. You can write us on Instagram, either myself, the Joko account, or Adam's account. We'll be sharing listener letters in all of our podcast episodes. So that's a new segment that we have in the topic of the day. And we're super excited for you guys to have the conversation with us. It's been me and Adam and occasional guests here and there, but we're really excited to have you guys join us um, in producing the episodes. And finally, we'll have guests as appropriate. So that's not going away, but um, those are the things that we're really excited to launch season three with. And with that, we're going to get into today's topic of long distance relationships. Our first segment is going to be the devil's advocate that I mentioned. So today, the prompt is long-distance relationships are just as meaningful as traditional relationships. Adam, what's your take on that? Okay, so I'm going to be arguing for that statement. So then that means you have to argue against it. Against it, yep. So we have exactly five minutes. I'm going to do a timer, and when it beeps, we got to stop the debate no matter where we are so give me a second to set the timer five minutes okay okay it's going go ahead okay I think long distance relationships are a waste of time there's no way you can build like a meaningful relationship like saying it's just as meaningful as a traditional relationship doesn't make sense you're not seeing the person you're not getting that quality time that you normally would so I, I just don't see the point of it I, as the devil, disagree with you. I think they can be just as meaningful because relationships take the individuals that are involved and those individuals sort of set the terms and conditions for themselves. So as long as the terms and conditions of this relationship are co-created, there's communication, there's trust, um, then it can be just as meaningful as any other relationship. And there's examples, a lot of examples at that, of these traditional relationships, quote unquote, that are very unsuccessful. Um, Whereas there's lots of examples of long distance relationships that are uh, very successful and can last many, many, many years. 
uh, that all sounds nice, but I mean, if you're not seeing the person, how can you tell that they're being honest with you? At least when you're with the person face to face, you can read their body language. You can kind of see the patterns that they're used to, but you're not seeing the person. So you solely have to rely on the things that they're telling you. And if you run into a pathological liar, that that's a dangerous concoction. People lie every day and they lie in every location. Someone could be in your house and still lie to you. So I don't think that's a strong argument. Also, that face-to-face bit that you just said, I also think that's not a strong argument because we have technology, which enables video calling, um, FaceTime. And, you know, these iPhones are really HD and clear these days, so you can read every single line on someone's face. So I think that technology and also all of these new enabling software make it much easier to facilitate Um. this. I, th- I think, you know, you can be in a long-distance relationship with your mom. You can be in a long-distance dis- long relationship with your grandma, your brother, because you don't need to touch those people. But when you're talking about a romantic relationship, no, you need to be able to touch the person. I'm still on the side of it's, it's It's not as meaningful. When it's time to go to bed and you're alone at night, that's not mm. the same as when the person is right next to you. But that's working on the assumption that you value physical touch. Some people don't want to be touched. Some people would, even if the person was, like, in the same city as them, would rather, like, yeah, not hug them when they see them. They have other what we call love languages that they abide by. So I think that argument only works for, even for those who require physical touch, you can hug a teddy bear that, and you can spray the cologne of your, what is it called? Your, oh your, my your, goodness. your partner on it, and then that's your physical touch right there. I think sapiosexuals and asexual people can be long-distance relationships, <laughs> but not a normal Jane Doe. No, I don't think so. I think I think it's just a waste of time, to be honest. And it, I mean, there's only one caveat. Unless there's kind of like an expiration date on the long-distance aspect of it, mm-hmm. you're just you're just wasting your time. Yeah, but that's I think that's 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 how I define long distance. Like long distance is something that's that's not enduring, like it doesn't last forever, one. And two, there are occasions to see your partner, just maybe not as frequent as a traditional relationship. So for that matter, I think if you're if you need those things you say, like, you know, being close to your partner, there are moments to do it. It just might not be every day. And I think that works for some people. Some people don't wanna be all up on their partner every single day, three hundred and sixty five days a year. Like imagine that. Be with yeah, the same I mean, person every day of your life. That's exhausting. I will. I will give you that. That no matter if it's long distance or not, people do lie, and there are all these problems no matter what. But don't you think because of the distance that misunderstandings are more likely to happen? And then no. the other thing is, if you're in a long distance relationship, you're gonna have to live on a schedule because you can't just see the person ad hoc. So you have to plan these dates, plan these FaceTime calls, plan activities. That's a lot more work than a traditional relationship. I think you should be with a schedule in a traditional relationship because people have lives outside of the relationship. So then you also have to plan to see your partner, even if they live in the same household as you. You see married couples having to plan their dates because they're working so much or they are engaged in all of these different hobbies and activities. I'm not convinced yet. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm going to have to noodle on this because I still believe that if you're in a long distance relationship, you need to have a side piece. Because <laughs> that's the end of it. 
The timer has gone off. <laughs> so, are you truly, now we're outside of Devil's Advocate, now we're back to real life. Are you truly pro or con? I'm so pro. That was hard. <laughs> I, I had to sit here and think, like, what rebuttals can I have? And my rebuttals started getting childish. Like, no, you can't be in. Because I'm, I'm not... I'm not against long distance relationships. So I do, whatever you were saying, I agree with because I'm on the same side. I do recognize the inconveniences um, be, having been in long distance relationships, but overall I'm pro. Okay. So for me it's like, I'm not like fully pro nor am I fully against. So I'm in the middle. So I think mm-hmm. arguing pro wasn't too difficult for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started like looking up disadvantages of LDR as we were talking. <laughs> that was good though it was our first time doing devil's advocate and i will say five minutes felt really long maybe because i was on the con side when i'm actually Mm -hmm. pro so it did feel like i had to keep searching for more answers or Mm -hmm. more and more arguments but that was good yeah that was a good first devil's advocate there Mm -hmm. are many more to come absolutely so now we're sort of pivoting a little bit away from this topic and sort of reminding you all that we are real people living in the same like real universe that you all are living to and we found out like in other seasons we really never had time to react to current events and things that are going on Um, or if we did react it was like a sort of a delayed reaction because then we would have to make a whole episode about that current event and Mm -hmm. we don't want to do that anymore so in each um new episode in season three we'll have like a little you know segment where we just talk about what's going on in Senegal, in the in the U.S., in the Senegalese-American community, and what are our reactions to it, or what are our thoughts about it. Um, so right now, it's February 2022. This episode will come out in March, but this will still be relevant when you all hear this, is Senegal's African Cup of Nations victory. I feel like we've been celebrating this for the past... <laughs> Three weeks, or however long it's been, nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so what are your thoughts about that victory? Do you first of all do you like follow football like that, or is this like you just watch this game because it's Senegal in it? Because <laughs> that's what oh, I, I I only watch the Africa Cup of Nations and the World Cups, like the World Cup. Excuse me, I don't I don't follow um, football any other time. I don't have a team, so it's usually when yeah Senegal is involved and I have a reason to watch. Um, and this was a good year. Like we had been waiting for the victory for so long. And um, I remember you and I were together the day of the match. You were actually visiting and it was nice to be around other Senegalese people when it happened. And I don't know, it felt emotional. Um, it just made me feel really patriotic at the time. Yeah, I think we definitely needed something like that because I think it was a t- leading up to the victory. There was like lots of tense moments. Mm-hmm. Um, in Senegal because of, you know, the elections. I think the election cycle for their different regions was happening at that time. And people were also talking about other political events on the continent and in the world. So it's just like a very nice way to bring everybody out because when you see the videos from the, the day after the victory, I've never mm-hmm. seen so many people outside at once celebrating the same thing. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see that. Absolutely. I think we deserve it. And I had a joke. I was like, if we mess around and win this, people will never hear the end of it. And I no. think that's true. We will, we're we going to be celebrating this for a long time to come. Um, but it was much deserved. Um, 
I know when we were scripting for the episode, we talked about one of the negative aspects of this, and this is going to be kind of a theme in other current events that we're going to talk about. But like you said, all those people out in the streets celebrating and still celebrating weeks later, how much longer will we be celebrating and how many other things stemmed from the victory that are kind of like just a distraction to the progress that the country could be making? Mm-hmm. So what I think is that, yeah, because most people do call these types of things a political distraction because as you can see, the current president was always, was taking a lot of speaking engagements during these um, these events, during the AFCON victory, when the new stadium was was um, inaugurated, when the Ter railway was inaugurated. He's standing, he's speaking, he's making it known that these like new developments are a result of his administration and their work. So... And it's very interesting that all of this is happening back to back at a time where lots of people were questioning his administration mm-hmm. and um, fighting against his administration that's trying to, you know, secure an additional term, an illegal Absolutely. additional term. So it's, of course, you know, all of this, that's not to say that people have no right to celebrate and that the celebrates, celebrations are a waste of time, but I think um, it's good to, for us to keep that in the back of our head, that... Yeah, that we cannot forget what has happened in the past mm-hmm. um, and that all of these things come at a cost. And that's one thing I did, like, because the first thing I did when I found out about the stadium and the, the <laughs> TED was I looked up how much it costs. Because mm-hmm. I was like, because when I saw it, I was like, this looks like this looks expensive. Like, who's paying for this? Mm-hmm. Googled it. The, the TED, it was like over a billion dollars. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> it was over a billion dollars and then I was like who's paying for this because I know we don't have the money to pay for this or if we did have the money to pay for this why are we paying for this, for this and not for the basic needs of the majority of the population mm-hmm. the stadium too it was like it wasn't as expensive as the railway it was like 270 million I believe or something around that also that's not as bad as a billion dollars mm-hmm. but like what's what's going on yeah and what he's doing, he's being very strategic. He's basically creating a correlation for these infrastructures and these things that are that he's inaugurating with his name. He, it's like, like you said, he's he's accrediting his administration uh, with it, and basically letting kind of just shutting the population up. Like, if I didn't do anything for you, at least I did this. And unfortunately, um, the Senegalese people are easily satisfied in that sense. Um, that they see those things and see it as effort and sufficient effort. And like you said, there are so many other things that the money could have gone towards and so many other things we could be highlighting as well. But we choose these things that take days and days of productivity out of the population towards playing around and celebrating and inviting artists out to sing. Like all we do is just folklore, just sing, dance, and waste our days sometimes it feels like. Mm-hmm. And but the tactic is not u- unique to Senegal. This tactic exists mm-hmm. here in the states. It exists everywhere around the world. These distractions. Um, mm-hmm. But I think in Senegal, there's people. I remember I was watching a lot of people during the inauguration for the the railway, really digging in and and being very critical of it, and really being transparent with the information they knew about it. Even people who worked in government saying that. 
this was something that was very surprising to them. They don't know how we came up with the funds for it why and why we chose to invest in something so expensive. So there are people who are aware um, of all of these issues. But at the end of the day, the general population deserves um, moments of happiness when the day-to-day can be so complicated for a lot. So I don't fault them for that. Yep. Who I do fault is the privileged people in Senegal who constantly create things for themselves and for other privileged people in the country and internationally. It's like Jamnyajo, all of these new cities that are being developed, Who is the who is it for? Mm-hmm. Who is the city for? Is it for the majority of the population or is it for the international and domestic elite? Like, who are they building these things for? Who has access to living luxuriously or living comfortably in these new cities? Like, I always think about these things, maybe because I was a development major in school. Mm-hmm. So those are things, concepts that I learned that when you sort of plan, um, when you do urban planning, or when you do these major infrastructure projects, if you don't have a social lens, you have the ability to exclude a lot of people and to extenuate inequality. And we see lots of case studies around the world of this, of higher inequality when more beautiful buildings are being built. And we see it in our own cities in the States. Most of us have been pushed out of our cities or outside of the pe- places we grew up in because we can no longer f- af- uh, afford to live in them. So it's a global phenomenon. And I hope that, um, I, don't know, I hope that, but I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> I know because you one know, of the biggest barriers way. is just the access to information and knowledge. Mm-hmm. I feel like the common, like the, the, the Senegalese layperson might not, even know what's going on to be able to have an opinion on it because they're so busy chasing day to day. Um, like, like they, they're trying to just feed themselves and feed their family. So what's happening in Jamnyaja, they just hear of it, but they have no idea what, what's actually going on or they may not care um, strictly because they have uh, competing priorities that are just higher on their list. And then there was something to add a little bit of a lighthearted view. I saw on, I think it was a Twitter um, user who said, who was basically asking the questions that we're posing now, like, who's paying for this? Is this a priority? Is this what we should be focusing on as a country? And someone replied to him and said, I'm going to say it in Wolof and then I'll give like a loose translation in English. But he said, um, It basically was like, no matter how, like, even poor people uh-huh. sometimes have a nice meal and drink juice and have a good time. Like, occasionally, uh-huh. You can, you're allowed to enjoy even if you are poor. So I get the sentiment. I understand it. I agree mm-hmm. with it. But at this scale and for how long? And what kind of juice? Like there's a difference between like Martinelli's <laughs> and some like $5,000 rare cocktail that's made every 10 years. Because that's, that's what we're drinking. We're drinking wagyu. that $5,000. <laughs> yeah, and we're having Wagyu beef and truffles. Yeah. What's yep. it called? That black truffle. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. I, that's a billion like, dollars. When I saw that, I I just covered my mouth. I was like, how dare they? Yeah. How dare they charge us that price? Mm-hmm. It's, Sheesh. Yeah, it, it's, it's a speechless phenomenon. 
And another thing too is like on social media, the amount of money that's flowing in Senegal. Like, what what are what are people's occupations? Because I'm like mm. seeing the the um the weddings and the baby showers and mm-hmm. these like random events and the money, like the gold that these women are wearing and the ostentatiousness of these events. Yes. Let me mind my business. <laughs> No, I feel you. It's like here, and I say here, like, I'm going to speak for myself, but if I wanted something like a really big gold necklace, that's like an investment. That's something, and maybe they, no, that's not what they're doing. They're not like saving up for it over a long period of time. Like these things are not things that you just put a little bit of money away every month and then magically you have the number to, like huge gold necklaces, extravagant parties three-day long events like there's a lot like you said there's a lot of money flowing and I don't know where it's coming from um I don't know where it's going to people who are just mm-hmm. begging for it like by singing and I don't know do you see there was one woman do you know the anchor that 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 the cruise ships have that keeps them at the dock mm-hmm. the, 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 the chains that keep the cruise ship at dock I don't know if yeah. you see it yeah her necklace was that like it was that big Really? It, was, it was like, and she had three layers of it. Of I don't know if it was gold, but it, it looked like gold. So imagine okay. how much that costs. Yeah. At this point, they just need to get a gold toilet seat because even, <laughs> like that's not even practical to wear. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Her neck was probably hurting, but like it was beautiful. I was like, that's cool. But like, but like why? What was the reason? What was the reason? Exactly. Whenever I see that kind of stuff, I'm just like, but it doesn't look good. <laughs> but anyways, to each you know, his own. It, it is in a country where should the people who have it, or I guess, I don't know where they get it from, but let's say they have it, right? Should those people be deprived of enjoying their luxuries when others are not? That's always going to be a debate that we have, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's just so flagrant. Like, it's so out there. It's too I don't have obnoxious a, and obvious. I don't have, like a, 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 like, a very strong opinion about it. For me, it's just it's just different like I see it and I'm in awe Mm -hmm. I'm like wow I did not know like you can like sculpt gold into this type of necklace I've never (laughs) the woman who had the gold um mask the COVID-19 mask that was not CDC compliant where it was like (laughs) like I didn't know gold could be shaped in that way for me it's just more like awe and I'm like in surprise it's like it's entertainment for me like but I do see that there's a lot of ethical (laughs) discussion that can happen around these displays of wealth I'm in awe, but I'm also in in like shock and in question because if you are wearing that and your husband works in the administration and their salary is not like even if they yeah. save their salary for three, four years, might not be able to buy you that. That's 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 gonna pose some questions. Like where is this money coming from? You're right. Yeah. So I, I think we do have to kind of have yeah, we have to have that skeptical mindset. And it's always years later or after the administration is gone that you start to hear like, oh, they were embezzling this, they were laundering that. And you start to wonder where did that go? And can you link it back Uh to some phenomenon that we used to see in the media? That is true. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about weddings. We talked about the gold aspect, but do you Uh see how many weddings? I feel like Senegal has the per capita wedding rate is high. (laughs) We are a wedding, marrying people. Yeah, especially now. Maybe, I don't know, maybe because there's a page that I follow called um, Sente Senegal. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I have this 
um, belief that the weddings are happening every day because they have content every day. They have not missed a day. Every day they have content. They have content, yep, yep. <laughs> of people's weddings. And the, I just I followed the page in the beginning so that I can have something to show my tailor, like when I wanted to like make clothes. Because <laughs> my tailor would be playing with me. Like he would be making me things from like 2002, charging me a 2022 price. So I was like, <laughs> hold on, let me sh- let me show you what's you know in style since you don't know. But that's why I started to follow that page and most of the things that they post on that page is weddings yep. every single day. And because we're on the topic of long distance relationships, I see a lot of wives, but not a lot of husbands. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering, are they in LDRs? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're right. Yep. That's one, it's like, I've, yeah. I, I don't I can't imagine having a wedding without your, your, your husband in the wedding. And they'd be having, it, they'd be having that man who's like, like is the actor who pretends the acting wedding that, that's exactly what i was gonna say i can see why you would have a wedding without the man i i, I can wrap my head around that that things happen what i can't wrap my head around is having a fake husband <laughs> who's gonna be in the pictures yeah he's in the pictures like feeding doing the cake feeding you know ritual oh, no <laughs> it's weird to me and then you get confused because like is that her husband or is that yeah, the, the acting husband. I mean, hey, we've all had it in our family, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's funny. And let's move now to the core topic. So the yes. topic of the day is long distance relationships (LDR) for short, because we're lazy. And let's talk about the topic. So I think, like we do on all of our podcasts, it's always important to start with definition so that we are at least on the same page because that's what makes it much more um i think mm, the debate more useful so it's important for us to define Mm -hmm. it so how do you define long distance relationship like what is long distance for you for me it's usually different countries that's my Mm -hmm. automatic definition for it um it's when you are in a relationship with someone and they're not easily accessible. Um, but usually there is that like that aspect of distance. In it. Like you can have a boyfriend that lives in the same city as you, but they travel for work or maybe they're just really, really busy. So you guys aren't seeing each other as often, but I still wouldn't consider that long distance. For me, long distance is when that person is so far away that it would take an extraordinary amount of effort for you to be able to see them. Um, and the distance is usually like country to country, or if you're looking at the size of the U.S., like coast to coast. Okay, so I agree partially with your definition. I, I think about accessibility, so that person is is hard to get to them, and it's it takes a lot of effort. And I think that effort doesn't have to be coast to coast or country to country. Like, like for example, for me, going to Brooklyn is a lot of effort, and Brooklyn is within the five boroughs. So, <laughs> like, um, if someone is in Manhattan and you're dating somebody in Brooklyn. Or even worse, like the back of Queens or like what's other place that, oh, Staten Island, then that's (laughs) long distance. Um, Even in Manhattan, like if you're in like northern Manhattan and someone lives like in Wall Street, I think that's long distance because that's a lot Mm -hmm. of effort to see someone. Maybe that's not realistic because then then everything is long distance because (laughs) no matter what you have to commute. So I guess to be serious here, I think. I, if, hmm, 
it's hard to pinpoint, right? It's like yeah, I, don't, I can't really pinpoint it in terms of geography. I guess maybe for me, long distance is if I don't see the person more than five times in a week. So if I see them once a week, I would consider that long distance. What? Some people would die <laughs> to kill them. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, and I, that's actually the question I was going to ask is like, next is like, how long would you have to go without seeing them before considering a long distance? And I was going to say, if you have to go like a month or two without seeing that person, that might be considered long distance. Okay, yeah. so we're operating in different definitions. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> okay, so then I guess the next question here is, how do we see it? How do we see long distance relationships appear in our community or our experience as Senegalese Americans? One of the first, we kind of touched on it in the current events, like we were talking about weddings, but just I like the whole marrying someone and they're not physically there, which is incredibly tough. It has to be um, like everyone thinks about their wedding day being that day that they are in union with someone and they're physically there. So I think that's one of the first examples, at least growing up for me, where I just saw what weddings without husbands and I'm emphasizing on the weddings without husbands because I think there's also the gender dynamic of it too. It's usually the woman being left behind and the man going away to another country. And so that's been one of the earliest examples of long distance relationship for us. Like for me growing up, like I remember my dad came to the U.S. before our family did. So he and my mom were long distance for some short time. Um, And that was just normal. Like no one batted an eye to it. Yeah, that was my first examples, too. Like, the first examples I ever saw was, like, my father's friends who were, like, married to some woman who they probably didn't even know because they would be separated from that woman for, like, more than 10 years. Mm -hmm. But they had either been, um, it was an arranged marriage or maybe they did, um, it was a love marriage, but then they had to come to the States. And then when they got to the States, they were undocumented, so they couldn't go back to Senegal and see them. So it was a long distance situation that had no expiration date where like mm-hmm. nobody knew when they would able be able to see their partner. And there would be instances where um, it would last until the guy finally was documented and could go back. And there were instances where it didn't last, where the woman back home could not wait any longer. Mm-hmm. And they would terminate the relationship and just move on with their lives. And usually when that happened, at least how I saw it um, in our in our family friend group was because the woman wanted to have kids and if they waited any longer, they wouldn't be able to. So mm-hmm. that, that was one of the driving factors for that. So it was just like a very negative light on long distance relationship. And that's like the more older generation. But then I started to see it more with people in our generation, um, marrying people or being in relationships with people in Senegal while they live in the States. Um, and it was, it's a much more, um, different dynamic because most of us are documented so we can go back and forth mm-hmm. fairly easier. Um, usually it's not an arranged marriage. It's someone who's chosen. So it's a love situation or free choice situation, whatever you call it. Um, and there's, I, I don't know, there's no gender dynamic as it was mm-hmm. before, whereas it's like the man is always in the States and the woman is who's in Senegal. Like I see it both sides. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When you were talking, there was something that came to mind um, about kind of the positive light that was put, not by 
maybe us who were growing up and seeing it, but the women who were witnessing it or like who were actually living it, excuse me. Um, like if your boyfriend or the guy who was going to marry you um, was actually abroad, was seen as like a positive thing. Like, oh, Nekufi, like he's not here, he's abroad. And that was seen like as a positive thing because that meant there were prospects of you going to join him or him sending money back home. So we, we tend, tend to think of it, I think, in a romanticized way here, like, oh, long distance is so hard. You don't get to see the person you're with. It's really this and that. But there was the other aspect, I think, at least I saw for when back home, who it was kind of a prideful thing for your husband not to be there because that means you were well taken care of or you might also have the opportunity to go one day. I think it's a little bit different now because women see people want to TikTok their relationship and you can't TikTok your man or <laughs> Snapchat your man if you don't see him. So I think like the other generation <laughs> yes. wants to be closer and I think it's, it's much more um, mainstream to like, to have certain types of relationships, like where you can like go to restaurants with your husband or your yes. boyfriend or your partner, um, go on vacation. So people want to like that's more been the ideal type of relationship. Absolutely, you can't have that if you're long distance for forever. You can have that if the long distance is a different type of long distance. So I think that's that's a very interesting dynamic that has changed over the years. That's what I've seen. Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think um, our generation, like you said, places a little bit more importance or a lot bit more importance on building a relationship and building a future with that person. It's no longer transactional for us. Um, we, we want that proximity. We want to like witness the birth of our child, like with our children together, um, have them take their first steps. We're much more into the social media age. So we're documenting a lot of these things too. Like we didn't, we, like most of us growing up probably didn't have home videos like that. Maybe some of, some of us did, but I think now we're, we're much more in tune with the idea of being with our partner, having shared goals, moving in the same direction together and more of a partnership. And I think when that dynamic happens it's like you naturally want to be with the person and if the relationship is forever long distance then the prospects are just like the the idea of it working out completely goes out the window and I think also we're more empowered on both sides men and women to say it's not working for me anymore I think in the past a situation might not have worked for you like the example you gave about being a woman and if your husband was away for a long time your biological clock ticking and you realize why if I want to have kids I gotta get out of this I wouldn't say back then it was really looked at. It was still frowned down upon because you just were never supposed to leave no matter how long he was away. But I think now people are more empowered to say, this isn't working for me. I got to get out or I can't wait. And I think too, I'm, I know I'm rambling at this point, but all these things are just coming to my head because another aspect of it is like, we always used to kind of say, oh, religiously, this is why we do this and that. But I think now people are even beginning to understand more what they're, rights are within the religion so when we talk about Senegal is predominantly Muslim Muslim women Muslim women now are like well the Quran says I have six months and after six months I have a right to demand either he comes or I I go you know so um just a lot of different dynamics that attribute to that generational shift of how we view what a relationship and what a healthy relationship looks like not to say long distance relationships are not healthy but from our 
experiences, how we've seen our aunties and uncles and moms and dads doing it in the past looks different now. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. And I want to take it back to the, the, the debate we had at the very beginning where we were arguing sides that we truly didn't believe in. Mm-hmm. I think now's an opportunity to like argue for the side you do believe in. So you being pro-relationship, me being like, eh, I don't know, it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, why it's I don't know, I depend. it depends is I think what you, it goes back to what you're saying before. It's like it's not about long-distance relationship. It's, it's about a healthy one. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a healthy one, whether it's the person is with you every day or the person is far away, it's going to be a bad relationship. Yeah. So I think that um, for some people, you have to know what your wants and your needs are, what your deal breakers are before you engage with a long distance relationship, because you might be engaging in something that probably isn't something that's that you can handle or something that is best for you. Um, mm-hmm. And some people are in a situation where the long distance relationship was not by choice where they've been forced into it. And Mm -hmm. that dynamic is completely different than someone probably who went out and sought it, or maybe it happened by chance or something like that. Because there's situations where I've seen where um, parents, and it's with lots of girls, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And some guys too, where the parents just wake up one day and they're like, oh, you're married. (laughs) And they do that because they think that for some reason, maybe the person that they're giving you back home has more is better morals than the people that are here in the states or is a better fit for you or maybe it's because of some obligation that your parents made to somebody else and now you have to marry their child or like that person is your family member so then that long distance relationship the beginning it started Mm -hmm. in in nonsense so like (laughs) it's not going to be a healthy relationship because one party does not want the other party probably doesn't even want it too so like and I think we shouldn't use those examples of long-distance relationships. Those aren't good examples. The ones we should pick apart are the ones where people, um, you know, go to synagogue, they fall in love with someone they see there. And even other, other way around, some Senegalese people who are um, who have a Senegalese passport and might come to the U.S. for vacation, fall in love with somebody here. That happens too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's examples of, you know, really healthy thriving relationships that happen and then there's examples of really terrible toxic relationships that came out of that Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm like "Eh, i don't know i would say i'm not like when we talk about just a spectrum i'm not a hundred percent like yes all for uh long distance um i think there's that healthy medium of recognizing the disadvantages of a long distance relationship for me i just take it back to kind of the foundation of any relationship no matter the distance of the two people who are involved making a commitment to one another. Um, And we talked about this, like when we were just brainstorming and talking about it with friends too, is like people will do whatever they want to do, no matter where they are. So if they want to be, if they are in a long distance relationship, but they're committed to you and they want to be with you, they're going to behave in a way that you might not feel the distance or that the distance might not be the first thing that comes to mind when you think about your relationship. You could also be laying next to someone every single day like we were talking about the unhealthy relationship, still feel like you like you feel so far apart from this person that it might feel like a long distance relationship. So I think for me, it just goes back to uh, the, the bare bones of a relationship. I'm making a lot of references to like 
anatomy and i don't like that i gotta stop listening to true Uh, crime (laughs) but it goes back to just the foundation and the basics of of any relationship platonic or romantic it's the will the desire to want to be with someone the effort that you make to to be um to be happy with that person so that's why the distance if all other factors are going well, the distance might not be the first thing that comes to my mind or the first thing that bothers me about the relationship. I've been in like non-long distance relationships. I've been in long distance relationships, whether it's like state to state or country to country. And I can tell you like the ones that, like the distance was never the reason why the relationship was good or bad. It was something else. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I agree with all of those things. And it reminds me of the those the Netflix shows that are popular now, like Love is Blind. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that. Yep. There's Love is Blind and there's Marriage at First Sight. That's not. I think that's TLC or whatever. Yep, I've seen both of those. Mm-hmm. Both specific seasons of both of those, yeah. So Love is Blind is basically if you're like FaceTiming somebody. Well, not Face. If someone was audio calling you for like a yep. couple of months <laughs> and then you fall in love through that audio call. So I think that, um, I don't know, if... if for long distance relationship you have to heavily believe in like that emotional connection mm-hmm. over physical attraction um or maybe not because these days like for long distance relationship you're, you're going to see the person either through a video call or maybe that once a month travel that they would do so i don't know this is i'm just talking i don't think yeah I have to talk here no, I, it's not crystal clear. There's no line in the sand that just says this is how it is. Or those are all the things that, like, whenever I think about long distance, like it just depends. It depends on the factors. It depends on the people. Those shows that you're talking about, I think, um, like that intellectual connection that you make with someone, the emotional connection you make, those are like the foundations of a relationship. But when you add the physical element to it, like actually sitting next to the person, sometimes it may feel like, wow, this person can just be a really good friend, but that physical attraction mm-hmm. is not there. So mm-hmm. um, my my take on long distance that maybe I haven't mentioned before is I believe either you, when you start off long distance, you got to see each other at least before you decide you want to continue long distance. And then, or you start off being together and then the distance happens and you realize what you had is worth it to stick around through the distance part of it. I don't think you should just be in a long distance relationship with someone you've never met and will not see anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's very realistic because the mm-hmm. pieces that you have to put together to have a holistic and healthy relationship, mm-hmm. physical the physical aspect is part of that. And yeah. like if you're in, in a five-year relationship, like, you know, those like catfish episodes, you're yeah. dating someone for five years and you've never seen each other and you swear up and down, this is the one, like, you don't know. But catfish, they be lying. They but that's, be- what, that's, what, that's what happened in the LDR. So people can just straight lie and tell you something or show you the best parts of themselves mm-hmm. and hide. That's why I, that's, I think my point came back. is before I was stumbling to get to my point. <laughs> but my point is here now. My point is like we tend to romanticize like emotional and deep connections where it's bullshit. I don't think it exists. I think that human <laughs> beings are so superficial we're so shallow that even in like exercises where we're supposed to develop this so-called emotional connection, we always find ways of, you know, weeding out what we want from a person and making sure that the person doesn't 
deliver in what we want we cast them away and Mm -hmm. and the person on the receiving end of that knows that that's why we always put our best foot forward and when you're in a long distance relationship it's so easy to do that it's so easy to present yourself in a way that makes your partner comfortable because you know that once you hang up on the phone call you can stop acting like there's always a expiration date to when you can stop acting whereas if you live with someone every single day you can't act but that's exhausting and you're gonna get caught Yes. Um, even in Love is Blind, like, you would see the questions that, that they were asking or the interactions where I was like, if I'm on the opposite end of it, I can already picture what the person will look like based on mm-hmm. how they talk or how the conversation is going. Like, I knew who was black. I was like, this is a, if I was on the other side, I knew that's oh, who yeah. I am talking to. <laughs> yep. I know that he is, like, into, like, weight training and lifting so i know there's definitely personality traits associated with those activities and how he would look would be associated with those activities so i don't believe in like true non-physical and people can fight me on this i just don't believe in that i feel like (laughs) as human beings no matter how um emotionally intelligent you are how woke there are some things that's always gonna be tied to the physical or some like shallow I don't even know how to explain it. Requirements yeah. or criteria that you're looking for in a partner, like, and you it's, you always see it play out. Like in Love Is Blind, once you start seeing each other, like it be it's, the whole dynamic changes. The whole dynamic changes because that's unrealistic. Um, yes. And I think some people might argue that no, you know, during a long distance relationship. It, the conversations might get deep. You might start arguing, and you might start like learning more about. I don't know because I haven't experienced it, so I don't. No, I can tell you because I experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> the way, like you said, the way you put your best foot forward when you're in a long distance relationship. Here's my take on it: having been in long distance relationships, and I'll talk about my most recent one, which ended in marriage. Like my husband lives here now with me. Um, the way when we were like dating and it was long distance, I was always perfect. I was like always looking cute whenever we saw each other. We had like a planned itinerary. It was always just well thought out. And you can hide most of your flaws. Like you can have deep conversations all you want across the phone. You can like play 21 questions and get to know each other, all this stuff. But there is nothing like seeing the person every single day where they get to see everything like you're not waking up cute you're not you know going on dates all the time it's literally just day to day like this is who you truly are and that's not the same as when you're on the phone when right before the you know the call I mean I wasn't always getting cute FaceTime calls my mom was like what is going on with you you need to like no because if you want like the continuity you can't keep playing this game or, or trying to keep up this act and but let's say you are trying to keep up that act you're in a long distance relationship Every time before you FaceTime, you got to make sure you're looking good. Every time you maybe see each other, let's say it's every couple of months, it's at your best. Like you have your Sunday's best on. The date is like a couple hours long or the weekend is a couple of days long where you can put all your flaws in a bag and put it away and that person never sees it. So I think it's really hard to say that a long-term, long-distance relationship is a true relationship when you're given the opportunity to not truly be yourself or you have the option to not truly be yourself. Mm-hmm. So that, exactly. The option's always there. I'm not saying that everyone takes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would take it because it's easier. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's way easier. Yeah. 
Like, why would I show you the worst sides of me when we only have two days together or when we only have a one-hour date? (laughs) And some people might be like, that's not going to be me. I'm going to show them everything. Like, but look how how we interact on social media. Exactly. For the most part, like, we we really curate the image we want um, to be visible on our pages and our stories. We all, like, picked an aesthetic or aesthetics and Mm -hmm. we just keep it moving, like, I think we only post she- our, our like our job promotions and not that yeah. time that we got reprimand, reprimanded at work or we got a demotion mm-hmm. or we got fired. Exactly. <laughs> and then that we put a positive spin aesthetic. on things too. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> aesthetic is failure. Some people's aesthetic might be failure and all they do is post like, what's it called? The, the self-help memes. Like, look at me. I picked myself up from the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, that can be their whole aesthetic too. So it's <laughs> like, I don't know. I think, yeah, but that's that's those are my thoughts on all that. Yep. How do you think about like um, we've talked about kind of just the nuclear part of a long distance relationship, the couple itself. But what about like meeting friends and families? Um, it's that's another dynamic, too, that it's hard yep. to do when y- you yourself haven't seen the person. Let's say he's shown you or she's shown you all the best parts about them about themselves when they're talking to you. But then you pass the phone to your mom and she's like she gets a negative like gut feeling. Like, I think it just creates more of an opportunity for there to be, like, butting heads when your friends might disapprove or they're like, why are you in this five-year long-term relationship? (laughs) You've never seen the person. Like, that's happened in Catfish when the friends are so confused. Like, how did you end up in this situation? (laughs) (laughs) To the point where they call MTV. MTV. (laughs) Yes. That's so true. Especially for us as Senegalese people, since we don't mind our business, this is extra relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, yeah, because imagine the, the parents will only allow it and not question it if it's someone that they chose. Like if they chose your partner that you are in an LDR with, <laughs> then then they won't micromanage the whole situation. But if it's someone, God forbid, you chose, yeah. be ready to hear about it every single day and be ready yep. to be shamed about it every single day because they will shame you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's just something I've seen in a lot of situations where once other outside parties are involved especially parents they start putting things in 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 your head where you start to second guess yourself where you start to distrust your partner Mm -hmm. like a lot of girls when they're dating someone in senegal you already know what they hear he's with you for papers or he's trying to come to america that's why he's talking to you like why are you dating him when you have like people here in america who are documented or why are you dating him when you have a cousin who's like ready to marry you tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Maybe and that's not that might not be the guy's intention, but now they've put that into your head, and then you start to move and interact with this new dude that you're with, or this five year relationship that you're in, with that <laughs> in the back of your head, distrusting him. Yep, yep. And I want to go back to something you said about like the the nature of humans to be kind of superficial. I agree with that. You know why? Because sometimes you know someone and they're like, they would be a great fit with this person. Characteristics wise, they should be a good match, but put them in a room together and doesn't work. So I think like that's probably what our parents had in mind when they used to like hook us up with people and arrange marriages was theoretically this should work. This person is this is this way. This person is that way. So if you put it together, that should be a harmonious couple. But I, I agree. I don't you think really? they're mad. I don't think these well, people yeah, I mean, are out here matching. Oh yeah, no, you're right. They're <laughs> you're matching right. people on. They're playing chess. That's what they're yes. doing. They're playing chess. They're like, if 
if you marry this cousin, <laughs> this and this will happen because when when the wedding happens, I'm gonna get this gift or I don't know. There's they're, no, playing, I, they're I, playing some complicated game of chess where at the end of the day they're getting benefits and you're not getting anything. I agree with that. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I'm gonna go take a step back and try to say um, what I was trying to say differently because I think maybe I was explaining it wrong. Let's say just a regular friend matchmaking who might not be your parents who have a chess playing mentality. Like let's say I have a friend and I have another friend that I think if I match them up that would be good. It's not until the, the two of them get together that those superficial qualities might come out and be like, um, they're a little bit too short or mm, I like them this way or that way. So I, I, I agree with what you were saying earlier that as humans, we kind of just, we like what we like and there's not really this deep psychological reasoning behind it. It's just like, I don't, and I don't, it's not like a type, but it's just like we have preferences that we don't always have a rationale for and it doesn't have to be that deep. It's not like, oh, I talked to this person for five years and they really know who I am deep down inside and that's why I know it will work out. It's like, but have you seen that person? Have you sat together with that person? Have you spent like a good amount of time next to that person physically to know that that would actually work? So I was just basically going back to that statement, like the the emotional aspect of it alone is not enough if the physical attraction is not there. Like imagine speaking to someone for like five years. <laughs> And you see them in real life, and they go on a date with you, and they're wearing jorts. They're wearing jean shorts and a tank top. I've never heard of that. I would be sick. I would be sick. Mm -hmm. And that, that, for me, people really think I'm playing when I say that. But, like, (laughs) I could never. Jean shorts are a deal breaker for me. And that might seem superficial and stupid and dumb, but some people are like, there's some things where you see a person, wearing mm-hmm. something or doing something or even like a little tick you see that and it is it might be psychological like you said you might have i might have had a traumatic experience with jean shorts <laughs> with that jean i don't short. remember or i don't know but like preferences do come from somewhere and and sometimes some preferences can be really harmful i'm not saying that this is a good thing to have but some of mm-hmm. our preferences can be really harmful and they do come from you know some societal conditioning and all of this stuff but it's there. It exists. That's what but I what about something there. like body odor that you would not be able to tell <laughs> from the FaceTime camera? What if yep. you meet up for the first time after five years of dating and you realize this person mm-hmm. stinks? <laughs> uh, I think the first thing, if, if it's five years of your life, I think maybe that can be fixed. If it cannot be fixed, um, sorry to you and your lost time. <laughs> But I will say it's not as easy. Some people have no problem just being very frank and being like, you need to take a shower or you need to do this. And like just being very direct with feedback. But if you're not that person, then it it may be harder to like break away from five years and you realize this person has BO. I wish that on none of my enemies. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty bad. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. Should we transition to listener letters? I think that's a good... I'm really excited about that segment. I think we can tear apart five-year relationships <laughs> from here to tomorrow. I think so, too. Let's do that. And okay. I think for, for, for folks just to know that this will be a... You said in the very beginning, Ida, like this is going to be a frequent thing. So make sure for the next um, episode to follow our Instagram page at Joko Podcast, and then it's double underscore 
And that's where you'll see what the topic is. And then you can just email us at jokopodcast.gmail.com, I believe. Yeah, or you can DM, DM the Instagram page. Yep. All right. So then would you like to read your letter first? Yeah. So we're going to go with the name Fanta. I won't reveal her name, but Fanta wrote me and she shared her experience with um, with long distance relationships. And it wasn't the most positive. So she's basically saying that she's been in a long distance relationship a few times, but it has, quote, destroyed her. And she says it's not worth it. And people are so good at lying when they think that they will benefit from you in the long run. And that kind of puzzled me a little bit. I said, wow, what could like. Of course, you don't just get into a relationship if you don't think there's something in it for you, but it's really a very key aspect, especially when we talk about the Senegalese American perspective, that intersectionality, those two things um, is going to come into play with Fanta's story. So she says, the constant doubts and fears is just not worth it. Sometimes the person that you think, sometimes the person that you are in a relationship with may actually like you without any ulterior motives, but your family will constantly tell you that it's because of your American passport that they're with you. And I think that's so sad that you have a relationship where the two people might not have any issues at all, but you have external forces influencing you and creating that doubt in your mind that maybe this person's not with me genuinely. Uh, We touched on it a little bit in the episode, but to hear someone actually say that they've been through that, um, that really kind of just made me sad. Yeah, and that's a proverb how does it go yeah i'm gonna dig well if you speak well if say it <laughs> the proverb oh no wait what's it <laughs> yeah. 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 so they're basically saying um the devil is not telling the truth but it can cast out like it can it can mess with your mind mm-hmm. and we just talked about that see so like sometimes we we know what's going on in these streets mm-hmm. we know so, we're not yeah. that old <laughs> But that's why that's why we we want these listening letters to come in because sometimes we can get it wrong or sometimes our perspective on what is actually reality might be a different reality than what you're actually experiencing. But I'm glad. Well, I'm not glad for that experience, but I'm glad to for you to read it so that mm-hmm. we can know that we're at least talking about it in a way that might be useful to someone who's listening. Um, yeah, because I've we hear it all the time. All of us either heard it ourselves mm-hmm. or heard it from someone else that. I, People think that if you are dating someone in Senegal, they are here. They're trying to get um, a visa to the state. And this is not something that's unique to Senegal. I don't know if you see 90 Day Fiance on TLC. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll just find out for that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> your story would be boring. You don't have enough drama in your life. I know. I, I need to create drama. I realize my application would get rejected if I applied. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they're all hot messes. But all of their parents, all the like... Um, the parents-in-laws, the in-laws, they all be mm-hmm. saying the same thing, like, oh, he's he don't love you, he's here for papers. And then us as viewers, you know mm-hmm. who's there for papers, <laughs> and then you know yeah. who's not. So, but the, the folks that are in it seemingly don't know what's going on. Yeah. But yeah. it's sad that we keep hearing this over and over again. For me, it's not the end of the world if someone is with me for papers. At the end of the day, my passport will not be confiscated, I think, unless, I don't know, is there a situation where a passport can be confiscated? I think if you, if you knowingly engage in fraudulent visa, like okay. if you are actively participating in that, they can, I don't think they would necessarily, it might be jail time. 
I will not um, be doing that. So, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think you would you would have to be a willing participant in the fraudery. <laughs> <laughs> so there is no like that, that's, that's not happening. So then there is no viable situation where someone will take away my passport. So if someone is with me for documents and they manage to finesse me and get citizenship, and then they leave me, that's so sad. But I'm yep. not going to die. I yep. still have my passport. They got what they wanted. Their karma is going to suck because for me, if you mess with me, you will see this karma in a lifetime and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. But anyways, their karma is going to suck and it's a sad situation to be in, but it won't kill me. And maybe perhaps it's like I can handle that. Some people can't handle that type of deception, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's, it's deception that's not fatal. And if it happens, it's supposed, maybe that's what God planned for That's your fate. But if you go into a relationship or any long distance relationship with that always in the back of your mind, then stop doing long distance because you're never going to have a healthy one. So I think lots of um, folks do have that in the back of their mind because they're conditioned to think about that because of their parents. And for that very reason, most of us should not be in long distance relationships. Because now you're going to always distrust your partner. Perhaps they're mm-hmm. doing things and you're looking very much into it, thinking that, oh, is this person trying to scam me into a green card? Or did, or is it something else? Like Those second thoughts, when they start to brew, you're just mm-hmm. wasting that other person's time as well. Because like you, you, you said offline, it's like you, can't, you don't know what people's motives are unless they show you or tell you. We're not mind readers. So, 100% yeah. agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And that's how I approach any relationship. I think you have to, first of all, just understand that you you don't know what's going to happen. You could be with someone in the same state as you, in the same city as you, and literally not know what the fate of that relationship will be. If everyone knew the fate of their marriage, there wouldn't be any divorces. Like If you knew that after three years of marriage, you were going to divorce, you'd probably just skip the marriage part of it. Like, why would you, you know, we're not, we're not mind readers. We don't, we're not, um, like we don't, we're not mediums. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. So I think that's the first step in, in trying to combat this whole thing is like, you have to just understand you're not in control of the situation a hundred percent. And I'm going to agree with you, Adam. It's like, if you are with me for papers, God bless you, because it has absolutely nothing to do with me and all to do with you. I'm going to just be as genuine as possible and and have my heart and my intentions in the right place, but I can't control what other people do. And like you said, it's not the end of the world if that's what you use me for. I'll just let God deal with that with you. Like that's your conscience and has nothing to do with me. Um, so it, it's it's unfortunate that people have been scarred in the past and that might be influencing their future take on things like just relationships in general or maybe just long distance specifically. Um, but you've got to kind of dissect what's causing that and make sure that you get rid of the root cause for any relationship that you're going to be engaging in, not just long distance. Because most likely if you have trust issues, you'll have trust issues, whether it's a long distance relationship or if it's a close distance relationship. So I would say that's probably just step number one for any all of our listeners, anyone who's trying to kind of combat some of these things is mm-hmm. take stock of why you like how you approach relationships, mm-hmm. how you view relationships. I'm a hopeless romantic. I don't care what happens. I'm always going to be a hopeless romantic. Like, well, I think, you know, like I've had bad relationships in the past and I moved on from them. 
So if I have bad relationships in the future or bad instances in the future, I'll still move on from that, I would like to think. And that's just because my take on, on relationships and love is so positive. It's like there are shitty people out there, yes. But overall, I believe that when people genuinely want to make it work, they do. And for me, it's like I have a very religious perspective to relationships and love. I believe that our partners have already been written for us mm-hmm. and who you're going to be with is who you're going to be with. That's it. Um, so pray all we can do. And this is it for the folks who believe in God and who are of, or who are Muslim. I believe that you can, and if you don't have to be Muslim, anyone who believes in a higher power, I think pray for the partner you want and pray for it to be someone that um, is best for you um and pray for all the things you want in your partner all the situations and scenarios you want for it mm-hmm. because we still have that free will to do that that being said we, it's also written in the books so if that person's going to be long distance maybe perhaps they're going to be some form of life change or something that allows me to be perfect like content with that situation so right now I might be like, oh, I would never do it. And then maybe two years, three years yep. down the line, something happens where, like, it for some reason, I'm okay with it. So yep. that's where I believe. And I've seen it time and time again where I think about the life I'm living today. And if I were to go back in time and talk to my 18-year-old self, I'll be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are yep. you doing this? <laughs> this is not who we are. Mm-hmm. But it is who I am today. So sometimes we think we, we hold certain um, – value not values or or certain beliefs of how we think something should be but then we live lives that contradict that yes that doesn't necessarily mean that we automatically have to choose unhappiness maybe our happiness lies in that contradiction and Mm -hmm. and that contradiction happened for a reason um I don't know if that makes sense but it does because I I want to give a small personal anecdote on that is sometimes what we think like, and that's on the religious aspect of it too, what we want and what we need are not maybe the same thing. Um, And you may be praying for something that God is routing towards what you might think you don't want. Like I am very impatient. I want things done yesterday. I just, I'm like, oh, why would I wait? And and for a while uh, I was praying for patience. I was like, God, please make me more patient because I'm actually just ruining so many things in my life by being this very, like impulsive person. Um, And then I got put into a long distance relationship. Like I never would have guessed that the person I'm with now was who I was going to end up with because I had known them way long ago and it never crossed either of our minds. But somehow I I believe that through that prayer of asking for patience, I got put in a situation where I had no choice but to be patient. Literally had to just wait it out through the whole process of him coming here and I truly think that that's because I, I that's that's what I asked for God in. And when I asked for it, that wasn't what I thought. That's not how I thought it was going to go down. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, just living through that and maybe making that correlation, I'm going to just go with the answer that that's what God heard and said, I'm going to put you here because this is the best way that I can think to make you sit down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that wants and needs automatically intersect. Like they might be separate. Mm-hmm. So we might pray for things to get what we need, but I'm not, I don't ever think that there's never a point where what you need becomes like you become so grateful for it and so happy for it that it ultimately shifts into something you also want. 
Yep. Um, because people tend to see it as separate things that sometimes your wants are negative and your needs are positive. I don't think there is like a plus or minus sign for 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 that. Um, I think that sometimes our wants can can be harmful and can be harmful for us, but at other times our wants definitely align with our needs or our wants will help us get to our needs. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's like there's arrows connecting the two things yeah. all, from all over. Agree. And with the exception of you and the jean shorts, I say never say never because <laughs> sometimes we say like vehemently like, oh, I will never do this. I'll never that be in a long so distance true. relationship. And then God's like, okay, well, let me see if you're in control or I'm in control here that and puts you in a long distance relationship. So true. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not going to extend the jorts won't be my deal. Breaker. <laughs> let me read my letter now. Okay. So my fake name is Aminata. So Aminata says, my cousin is in a long distance relationship. She lives in um, Dakar and she's in a relationship with someone in the US. The guy who is in the US is undocumented and he wants to be able to see her. But recently he proposed to my cousin that he wants to get married to an American citizen in the U.S. to get papers. My cousin in Dakar is afraid of this, but she also wants um, him to get papers so that he can see, so that she can see him. What should she do? Hmm. Is that was that clear? It was clear. Yep. Okay. I'm never gonna tell someone what to do <laughs> because there's dynamics in that relationship. I don't know what they're what what they've experienced together. Mm-hmm. But me personally, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I would allow that. And let me why? let me mute myself and think about my answer. <laughs> now, I was gonna ask you why. Do you know why? Right off the top of your head? Uh, because it's like I'm I'm that marriage might turn into a real marriage. That. That fraudulent marriage might turn into a real marriage. And then now you X'd out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just gonna say, um, the way Oh, also one more thing. Sorry to get <laughs> No, you're fine. Also, I would I would investigate whether he is on the same terms with that um American citizen. Like has he told that American citizen? That he's marrying her for that yep. purpose, or is he also scamming her? Because if he's doing that, that's an insight to what type of person he is, too. I was just gonna say, um, people are waking up and smelling the coffee and realizing people are marrying them for papers. So if you're 100 percent transparent, it is just a transactional marriage. And first of all, that's fraud. But either way, if if you're on the same page, it's way different than if you're making someone believe that you love them and you want to be with them for the sole purpose of using them for papers. And and now, because people are wising up to that fact, people are going to jail for it. Like they can tell on you, USCIS, ICE, all those people will come after you and you might end up in a, in a much worse situation than if you just didn't marry someone for papers. So I always think it's a bad idea. Um, I think it's, I get it. You want to be with that person. But honestly, if, if you have to use someone else to do it, it may not be the right ethical solution just because unless you're completely transparent with that U.S. citizen, you're using them, their karma might come back to bite you. 
and you might end up like what if she's or he's like the u.s citizen is fully in love with you and you guys end up having kids and you're just creating more trouble for yourself than if you would just maybe let that person go i am a firm believer as much as the hopeless romantic as i am i believe that there is such a thing as restarting if the relationship you're in is really really challenging it's like all odds are against you sometimes you gotta put your feelings aside a little bit and just use logic like wow this person like you said if this person is is willing to marry someone else just to be with me but it's not in the most honest way that Mm -hmm. speaks to their character a little bit Mm -hmm. if i was her i might take a step back and maybe look for something else yeah i wholeheartedly agree with that like i think that maybe he should find someone an american citizen who he genuinely has fallen in love with and marry that person and it's like double like whammy there because you you found someone you love and you you can be documented and you can get papers like yeah and starting over is not the end of the world perhaps that's a better deal for him and then she can also find someone who's nearby if she can if she needs or someone who is documented or can see her in the frequency that she wants um but if she's adamant like if she thinks that this is the man and there's no way he can leave him then i think that you need to figure out if the American citizen knows what's going on. Knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That needs to be clear because if he's, if he's leading this woman on, that karma is not good for your relationship. Yep. And also, who's to say that he's going to get papers from this transaction? He might marry it's, her, go mm-hmm. to the USCIS, and they might be like, whoop, deny the case. Yep. And now so, you're stuck. <laughs> now you're stuck. So, yeah, like you, at the end of the day, your cousin has to make her own choices, but she should be aware of all of these things. Well, while we're on the topic of telling like stories and just understanding, like people are not stupid. Um, I know of a story where a guy married an American here and then they got papers and brought their wife here. And even after they had divorced the American, the American still told on them. And even though he wasn't legally married to his Senegalese wife, you can Mm -hmm. prove that two people are together and the court can deduce that, yeah, these people are most likely married Mm -hmm. either religiously. You don't have to have a marriage certificate for people Mm -hmm. to know, for the courts to determine you guys, like to deem you married. There's such a thing as common law marriage and some states have it. So if you're thinking that it's as easy as like in and out and you're going to be able to get in, bamboozle someone, get papers and get out and then go live your happily ever after, that's that's an unfair situation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we got to stop treating people unless they opt in to be treated exactly. like transactions. <laughs> Some people have no problem with you paying them $30,000 and they will marry you mm-hmm. and get the thing, you know, get the thing done. But if they're not wait, wait. aware of what's going on, in case Homeland Security is listening, oh, we, <laughs> we do not endorse this. No, I have no idea. It's not happening in our community. Look elsewhere. It's not happening in the Senegalese community. And I have no idea how much you have to pay someone. So 30000 yeah. was just an arbitrary number. Exactly. Okay, go on. No, no, I'm just, I, it's just, like, people just need to be careful. And like I said, if you are with someone and the odds are against you, your relationship, there's no shame in starting over. It may feel like at the end of the world, like you have to be with this person. Mm-hmm. But I always, and I don't like, I never like to compare trauma. But in this case, I always go back to the example of like a mother losing her child or like 
like there's so much pain in the world that I just can't believe that maybe losing someone that you love would be the end of your life. Like there is more grass elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, what was the fake name that I gave this person? I'm Aminata, I think. Yeah, Aminata, we hope <laughs> that, that, that explains your, or helps your cousin in some way. Yeah. All right, so are you ready to transition to the outro? Yes. So outro, as usual, is solutions to some of the issues we've talked about so far, which is a lot of issues. <laughs> but we talked we talked briefly, we hit on some of these solutions. Um, yeah. As we as we've been talking, I think for me, one solution to address some of the major issues of long distance relationships is creating opportunities or making sure that there are opportunities in the relationship for the status of long distance to end like it's not like like we said in the very beginning how like our uncles would be long distance for like 10 years or 15 years we don't want none of that anymore like find ways of seeing your partner if that means putting a like a schedule where one person is coming over one time and the other person's coming the other or opportunities where maybe you both will be at the same place at the same time like things like that if that's possible i think that can alleviate um some yeah. some of the stresses in this type of relationship absolutely another is to build trust and communication which sounds like so basic right but it's the foundation for any healthy relationship but especially long distance where you aren't able to see the person um uh, there's a lot of it's like basically a major sensory deprivation that you're not able to see this person that you're with. So you have to rely on other things to make the relationship strong. You have to be sure of yourself. You have to be sure of the relationship. And then you have to really trust your partner um, that they're telling the truth, that they are in this for the same reasons that you are. Um, and just really communicating, whether you're it's on a schedule, whether you guys have like planned date nights. I think it's so healthy for long distance couples to have date nights. You can't just say, oh, we're not together, so we, we can't have date nights. But yeah. you have to be very intentional in how you communicate. You have to make the person feel like they're right next to you, uh, even though they're not. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, um, silent communication that we take for granted that exists when your partner is next to you that you might have to actually be vocal about when you're virtual or, mm-hmm. like, long distance. Like, there might be, like, little cues or, like, things that, for example, if – your partner is leaving and you see them grab their gym uniform and let's let's say you live with your partner in the same house they're grabbing their gym uniform and their car keys and they're like hey i'm leaving you before they finish their sentence you know they're going to the gym because of all of those context clues right if you're long distance someone just like hey i gotta hang up the phone if there's no like clear communication of what you're doing next your partner will be like oh he's going out to cheat on me (laughs) or like really jump to conclusions and those conclusions make sense based on you know what we see in these lbrs these days so like Mm -hmm. extra communication more so than what's usually the case for with someone that's right next to you because they're not seeing everything they don't know your friends they don't know your families maybe in the beginning they don't know where you live so help shape that for them so that they can understand why you're doing certain things why you can speak at a certain time, why you're dressed a certain way. And this is for the people who are like not out here doing crazy stuff. 
And then like reassure your partner. You have to reassure your partner very much when you're in a long distance relationship that you are like, you only have eyes for them and you always like, you have to make them feel like they're super special to you. And like you said, make them part of your day. Like sometimes this is small things that we think we don't need to say, like, as especially if you've been like very independent for a long time. So you may not have never have to tell anyone yet you're going to the gym. But when you're with someone, you owe them those kinds of check-ins. Mm-hmm. So they kind of feel like they're part of your day and they're not just in the dark. Mm-hmm. And they can sort of develop what's normal behavior and what's out of, mm-hmm. like, what's, what's, what's the word? Abnormal behavior. Like, let's say every time you go to work, you check in like, hey, I'm, I'm at work. And then yep. one day they don't get that. At least you have some baseline to compare that behavior. Like, and then maybe your partner would be worried about like, oh, I didn't get that check-in text. Are you okay? Yep. If you don't have that sort of baseline or that normalcy in your in your relationship, it's hard to to, to sort of um, understand what's normal behavior and what's abnormal behavior. So that's why communication, I think, is also important. And just a safety plug here, because I've been listening to way too much true crime. That normalcy, and that routine, is a major re- like it's a major factor if you ever go missing, God forbid, yeah. and how quickly people would, would react. Like if you mm-hmm. don't check in with anyone ever, it yeah. might take a longer time for them to realize that something exactly. is wrong. Versus if I went missing like one day, someone would be like, Oh yeah, something's not right. No, maybe not. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You have to especially with when you're with someone who really truly cares about you, mm-hmm. they're gonna wanna know if something is not right. Even if it's not like a case of you going missing, but if you're having a bad day when you start developing that routine and that normalcy, they can pick up on certain cues. Mm-hmm. Like for my parents, is the Juma Mubarak text on mm-hmm. Thursday evening. If I get it, I know they're okay. If I don't get it, I gotta yep. call them. So yep. the next part is love languages. We talked about it sort of touched upon it is like, know what your love languages are and see how you can be creative in accommodating them virtually. Like there's one that's like physical touch. Of -hmm. course, you won't be getting that that much in long distance, but how can you incorporate that um, in your relationship in a creative way? And I've seen like these companies sell these, like what are they called? Teddy bears that smell like your partner or like have the same heartbeat as your partner. That might seem real cheesy to some people, but some people (laughs) really benefit from that. Or like, What's another creative way of physical touch long distance? Mm, physical touch. That's the hardest. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I don't, I don't know. Have it at the top of my head. Yeah. That's, I don't that's, oh, maybe I've seen, and I've seen it in a, a different context, but I've been seeing more of those kinds of videos, you know, where you can kind of put your hand in, like, you get the shape of your hand and then they can create like a mold of it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That might be a, a creative way if you have the means to maybe mold your hand or like mold I don't know what you would mold on your body but <laughs> maybe make something and, and, and ship it to them that might be a cool uh-huh. way that's true another thing I've seen too is like creating the same like sensory experience like experiencing the same sensory thing at the same time like maybe mm-hmm. you know those little gelatin things that the little kids play with in kindergarten where you put yeah. your hand and it's mushy like you buy one for yourself, you buy one for your partner and you both touch it at the same time. So mm-hmm. the experience might be slightly different, but at least you're doing something and you're touching something at the same time or like okay. listening to a song together. That's not physical touch, but like the same sensory experience. I don't mm-hmm. know. Y'all can figure think, it out. Yeah. The clothes too, like get a shirt, 
get well for the guys i don't know about me different <laughs> if you want to uh-huh. if you can fit into your girlfriend's clothes or your wife's clothes but yeah like just explore different ways talk about it with your partner um and then figure out what works for your relationship exactly and then just understand that it's not going to be a smooth ride but you're going to learn as you go so being okay not knowing everything your partner is up to we talked about trying your best to clue your partner in and include them as part of your day. But there's no way you're going to know every little thing. Even if you're living with someone, you're not going to see them every second of every single day. So you you have to be sure of yourself in that sense and understand that it's an up and down kind of thing. You're going to have good days and bad days, mm-hmm. um, but you have to just push through it if the relationship is worth it to you both. Exactly. And to leverage like all of this new technology and resources that were made for long distance relationships, I think. Mm-hmm. Like the FaceTimes, people use Skype. I don't know if people still use Skype. They do. <laughs> well, Skype. Uh, the older generation. <laughs> <laughs> WhatsApp. Our favorite WhatsApp, you know. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. If you guys want to get like extra cute, write letters to each other. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, but there, yeah, all of these things exist. Hopefully, this was informative to some people, and that um, we hope to have, I guess, more letters and upcoming episodes so that we can, you know, attack as many perspectives as we can in future yes. episodes. Yeah, I have one tip on, um, and it's not by personal experience, just by Google. <clears throat> <laughs> if you would like to know, you can write our Instagram page, and this has to do with the touch love language. So. That's a little kind of, but we call this like a, what is it, like a egg? Like when you it? drop a hint, what's it called? Oh, what's a it goose called? egg? Yeah, I think it's a goose egg. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have a goose egg for you if you write us on Instagram and you can continue the conversation of long distance relationship. I know we said we'll do listener letters if you send them before the episode, but the conversation can continue if you would like to engage with us. Um, via email or through our Instagram page. But I do have a tip for LDR addressing physical touch. Okay. so then, <laughs> But it's not appropriate for the episode. Oh, okay. I see. I see. All right. <laughs> so if you want more inappropriate advice, <laughs> then you got to DM for that. And if you want, I got the, I got the grandma advice. So if you want the grandma advice, message me. <laughs>